What's up, you beauties? Welcome to High Wide Radio, episode 16, season 6. I'm your host, Jim Icabone, joined as always by Jack Smith. If you're watching us live on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed and set an alert for future shows. And if you're listening as a podcast, please make sure you're listening and subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to get notifications for future episodes the minute we upload them. Oh, baby, Jack, what an episode we're going to have tonight. I mean, you've had to have heard by now. I mean, it's the only thing anyone's talking about. The Flyers, it's like they didn't even play a game last night, Jack. They actually lost to the Penguins 4-1. to But the news that has overshadowed everything is the obvious news of Cutter Gauthier, uh, a former fifth overall pick, being traded to the Anaheim Ducks last night. Uh, I believe it was uh, about halfway through the first period or intermission or something like that uh, for Jamie Drysdale in the 2025 second-round pick. Now, I'm sure by now, Everybody knows kind of the story and what's going on and what's out there. So um, I don't want to repeat a lot of it. I don't want to waste time, you know, catching people up. It's all out there already. There's a lot of great writers in Philadelphia. Um, go read, uh, catch up on that. Guys like Charlie O'Connor, Kevin Kurz. Uh, there's great stuff. Go check out their stuff. Here tonight, I want to talk about Cutter Gauthier. And I know you do too, Jack, because I, I feel like not that we're on opposite sides we are kind of on opposite sides of the emotional spectrum. Whereas me personally, and I'm just going to say it, I was elated last night when I heard this news. I, I jumped out of my seat. You can ask Colin Newby, uh, who, who's also in press row. I jumped out of my seat. The first thing I saw was the Anaheim Ducks tweet. And it had Cutter Gauthier. We've just traded so-and-so. <laughs> I see that and I'm like, what is this? Is this a burner account? What is this? Um, but it's it's verified. You know, I did whatever check. I'm like, oh my God, the Flyers just traded Cutter Gautier. I jump out of my seat in press row. You know what it's like up there. Everyone's pretty reserved. I jump out of my seat. I'm running down the aisle to go grab Colin because I've been talking to Colin the last few weeks about, you know, all Cutter's warts and this and that. And, uh, I grab him by the shoulder, and here comes Joe Seville, the Flyers PR guy, coming the other way, tapping everybody on the shoulder to let everybody know, hey, during intermission, there's going to be an interview with Dana Briere. And at this moment, I'm like, holy fuck, it's true. And there's there's the first F-bomb, right, Jack? We were talking before the show. Wow, what can't you. we say? That, what can't we you. say? I thought for sure it'd be me. So I'm just trying to, you know, preface a little bit here because you guys are going to see just how much – you know, different on the spectrums we are here. Uh, if you've listened to past shows, you guys, you guys know how I feel about Gautier. It's not that I, I don't like Gautier as a player. He's going to score a lot of goals in the NHL, but there were things that, that pissed me off, that bothered me when I watch him. Um, so, Jack, before we kind of get to how you're feeling, because I know you're you're bursting at the seams over there. I feel like for for mm. almost two days you've been you got to get this out. Um, I do want to mention. And I, I'm going to kind of fill everybody in on a little bit of a secret here. Before the game last night, right, I walk into the bathroom up in Presser. I got to go take a piss, right, which, you know, there's only two urinals and a stall in this bathroom. So, you know, you're, you're either waiting for a urinal, you're waiting for a stall. Sometimes you, you see some people in there, you overhear conversations. Well, 
none other than the Flyers general manager is, you know, is, is standing in front of the urinal doing his business. And he's talking to somebody in the stall. And he, I don't know who the person in the stall was. I never got to see. But he goes to the guy in the stall. I got some really, I got some news for you tonight. And the guy in the stall goes, well, is it good or bad? And Briere goes, it's good. I think you're going to like it. I think you're going to really like it. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. This guy must be getting promoted or something, Jack. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then 20 minutes later, the Gautier trade comes out. And I still haven't put two and two together yet because I told you guys. And you, and you guys are like, holy shit, Jim. That's what he was talking about. He was talking about frigging trading for Jamie Drysdale. Um, so just a little tidbit there. I mean, there, there's more thing that, things that happen throughout the night. I, I want to share, you know, kind of my unique experience from last night, one of one of my most fun nights up in the, the press box. So I, I, I want to share that at some point. But with no further ado, because I know there's some people waiting here. We got Dan Knightley uh, hanging out with us. Let her rip, boys. Don't hold back. Jack, with no further ado, let, I, I want to hear your thoughts. Because I mentioned I'm elated. You've been a little bit the opposite here. I don't want to – it's it's a little bit uh, – you're angry, I think, for multiple reasons. Well, well, first off, when it comes to Jamie Drysdale and that trade and how everything happened, I, I'm real. I'm not upset. I have Drysdale on our Dynasty League. I drafted him that year. I w- I'm a fan. I have my reservations because he's been injured. I've been following him. But right now, that's neither here nor there. Um I essentially got a text from somebody at work before I saw our Twitter chat blow up about this. And it it was somebody from work. The guy's actually a Penguins fan. I give him shit every day of my life. Don't worry. I do. And uh, he was like, why'd you trade your best prospect? Like, what the hell is he talking about? Nobody traded Meechkoff. Like, he can't be traded. So I look and see what happened. I'm like, it, it was reminiscent. It's not the same, but it was close to when Richards and Carter got traded with my just overall shock. <clears throat> Except for this, truly came out of left field, which is probably had a lot to do with it. And I was I was angry at the return until I found out that he wanted out of Philly. And then all my anger turned towards that simple reason. Why was the, is the main thing I can't wrap my head around. Why would somebody not want to play in Philly in hockey, the hockey market? It, the guy's going to Anaheim, for God's sake. They don't give a rat's ass about hockey out there. Come on, let's be, let's be realistic here. Like, they really don't compare to Philly. It's night and day. So what's going on? And then you're uh, – I think you're muted. You Sorry, I just wanted to chime in. Today's athlete, they they look for those sort of uh, locations. Well, that's – and here's – that's kind of the thing. Like, today's athlete. Who's this 19-year-old picking his shots? It should – and this is what really – anytime a player at any sport does this bullshit – it should be an honor and a privilege because for most kids, they'll never see it happen and they'll play their whole lives hoping for a chance, hoping to be a walk on in training camp and somehow stick, you know, let alone a first top five pick. It should be an absolute honor and a privilege to play in the NHL. And you're 19 years old and you're you're pulling this card. That is absolutely fucking embarrassing it is a joke it's so unprofessional and then you find out one thing after another with the, the we'll talk about Hayes in a bit but he ghosted the flyers for what seems like essentially close to a year i mean then they all go over to sweden to see him or i'm sorry they go to the world champions to see him to see him and 
he he refuses to even meet with them. That is the most immature thing I've ever heard. I don't care who you are. Gretzky would see some his former team for Christ's sake. Who the hell are you that you can see you're you can big time John LeClaire, Patrick Sharp, and Danny Briere? Man, has he got some fucking balls? What a piece <laughs> of shit. I cannot believe somebody, a 19-year-old, would do that. And there has to be. I don't know who it is, and maybe it's multiple people. What the hell would make somebody change on a dime like that? Somebody has to be in his ear to make him think he's that big time that he can do that shit. And you've seen it happen in other sports with depending on like, this is probably a bad example, but there was in the late eighties, there was a running back when the Washington Redskins won the Super Bowl. He was like the third string guy, but he got called to play and he like, they won the Super Bowl and he had a crazy amount of yards and he somebody got in his ear that he played one game. The the offensive line was phenomenal, and somebody got in his ear that he should be the highest paid running back. He ended up getting cut, and never didn't never did shit with his career. Should have just, you know, that's what happens when people the wrong people get in your ear. You make stupid decisions. You become incredibly entitled. You think you're the best thing since sliced bread. You know, he obviously he won the. I mean, he, it's been going on for a year, but. Wrong, the wrong people get in your ear. Things like this can happen. They can fester. And before you know it, you go from saying, I could be born. I was born to be a flyer to, I don't want to play for flyers anymore. And just because I'm on the subject, any of those witless assholes who are trying to compare this to Lindros can seriously fuck off. That is such <laughs> a different situation. It's not even close. You're just trying to pile on and just be a troll or you're woefully ill-informed. Okay. He let him know way ahead of time, and we found out later because he doesn't like the owner. I don't want to be a, uh, I don't want to play for that city. Because it has nothing to do with the city, but I don't want to play for you. Do not draft me. Eli Manning. Did, he just literally just took the words out of my mouth. Eli Manning did the same thing to San Diego ahead of time, you know. And you still draft him to trade him. I get that. They let him know ahead of time. None of those guys said I was born to play for your franchise. This is unheard of, especially at this a fifth overall pick. Sure enough, you look, the only other, this is funny, the only other first-round pick to ever pull this nonsense, Jim, you know who that was? Did he play for the Flyers? Oh, uh, at one point. And did he play for the Rangers and the Blackhawks and the Jets? That's him. <laughs> he never played for the Blackhawks, but he was drafted. Oh, he never played the- for the Blackhawks. Yeah, that's a team he yeah. stiffed. Kevin Hayes, what a, what a hell of a coincidence. I really do think it's a coincidence. But still, like most guys that pull this crap, they're like fourth third round picks who are lottery tickets who have outplayed their draft slot and are like, I should, I'm worth more than this. I want to see what I can, you know, even then I don't like it. I'm not, I'm not saying it's okay, you know, but fifth overall pick, you're a key piece of the franchise. And what we're hearing the, probably the best rumor we've heard to this date is that they essentially, he wanted to come over, like go pro sooner. And they wanted him to go back to college for a year. And it, it made it, they weren't nice enough in the way they said it. And it may have left a, a sour taste in his mouth and started the wedge between it. Either way, it's absolutely ludicrous and stupid. And I cannot, I just, I'm so many feelings, so many thoughts. I hate players like this. I truly do. Their camp, the player himself, his friends, anybody talking to him are all assholes. And <laughs> I just, I just can't, I'm grateful they got out of this with Drysdale in a second because it could have got real bad. And they kudos to the organization for keeping this awfully quiet. They really did. I mean, we did not, nobody knew anything. Our biggest hmm was probably Dev Camp. And we felt that was more on the player just being lazy, you know, not 
said so he didn't I, want to play here. Well, since you brought real quick, since you brought that up, like if we think about how that went down, that wasn't planned to happen that way. He was expected to show up. Do you remember that? And the Flyers were kind of scrambling. Like they put out a, a, a presser and some of the responses that Briere was given, it was like, whoa, they didn't expect for this to happen. There was, there wasn't communication here. Um, he was, they expected him to be at dev camp. Uh, and, you know, he, I think he said they hadn't talked in months, something like that. I'm wondering if he informed them at all at this point, you know, uh, there's something that was a, that was a flag. That was the smoke, right? And you had people out there. Well, so this was the main argument. If, if it's, if you're in the NCAA and it's your second camp or something like that, you're expected to pay your, your own expenses. Oh, yeah. And I'm sorry, but I don't feel bad for, for these kids. Right. Uh, I won't assume anything, but if you're playing hockey, you, you know, you grow up playing hockey, you, you're going to BC, you're going to a great school on a full ride, whatever. These kids don't have to worry about money and they make it back in their first professional game tenfold, whatever the expenses are for a hotel, for food, for a flight ticket. So that whole thing was always nonsense to me, right? We heard Travis Sanheim say it. It's unusual to not show up for dev camp, even if you're not skating, right? And so that, that, was, a, that was a red flag. That was the smoke. Um, we saw it. We talked about it. It was weird. This is not, you know, a late first round pick or like you mentioned, Jack, this is not a second, third, fourth round pick. This was the fifth overall pick. This is a guy that's going to be the cornerstone, one of the cornerstones of your franchise. And he chose not to show up because he, he said he played too much hockey, he wanted a break, whatever it was. And, uh, to me, that always sounded like horse shit, right? It is horse shit. We did. We, we, you were pretty on it. I think uh, a couple of us, including myself, were trying to realize it's a red flag, but give the benefit of the doubt. And we just were wrong. We just were wrong. They, they, he informed them at last World Juniors around that time. I mean, that's, they've known for a very long time. And then that's the rumor of the draft of being traded to Montreal for that pick. Man, did you, can you imagine our draft night would have been because I still go back and look at our reactions to the three picks that we watched. And one of them was Montreal's. Could you imagine if said, there's a trade? Oh my God. I'd have hit, I'd have hit the ceiling. <laughs> like I, that would have been absolutely insane, but they did say, they did say we were looking at essentially, I don't know that I remember the exact verbiage, but it was like, we were looking at moving a winger for a premium position center a de defense. And I think we all assumed like it could be connect It could be, Tip, tip it didn't really make sense, but could be Konechny, could be somebody older. Atkinson didn't really fit the bill, but we were throwing some names out there, but nothing ultimately happened. And, you know, you go back and all the signs were there. We just chose to ignore what we did see. They did keep it pretty quiet, but, like, I just cannot fathom a, a kid who was a late riser, too, mind you. It's not like he was, like, the number con consensus number one overall pick for months, you know, or years. You know, and you are you should just be happy to play in the NHL. And down the road, maybe if you really want to get out, you know, you can tell the team you you want to trade or something. And even then, we'll be pissed. But, like, that's, like, more of the right thing to do. But to pull this as a 19-year-old, you never set foot in the NHL for one freaking second, and you're going to pull this shit. And there's people out there It's like, oh, you respect their rights. 
Well, if it is their right, then I guess it is. It shouldn't be. This is fucking horseshit. There is no reason they should be able to do that. I cannot believe that. You should be absolutely privileged to play in the NHL. Mind you, the Flyers. It's not like you wound up on some team that's barely hanging on, like Arizona or, or Carolina. One of the Carolinas good right now, but wait till they're not. You know, some team like that is looking at moving, playing in front of 5,000 fans or something like that. You're coming to Philly. Everything's turning around here for the better, and you want out, and we still don't know why. You don't have the balls to tell the team why. To their face, you couldn't do anything. He, he has zero character. Cutter has zero character. I almost said I almost said C word, Jim. I'm doing. I'm doing. Uh, it. We talked uh, about that. Um, I so, mean, but seriously, you do. You don't have the balls to tell them why. To their face, you do not want to be a flyer anymore. If you lied to the team and said you were born to be a flyer. You know, our first red flag should have been all those freaking uh, interviews about, oh, that was a, I like Crosby growing up. Well, yeah, it fucking shows. Absolutely shows now. I, you're probably his biggest fan. Like, what a fucking ass clown. <laughs> Micah or Mika, how's it going? It's the first time I think we've seen uh, Micah London in here. So it's cool to have you in, Micah. Thanks for hanging out. Um, yeah. So l- let's kind of dig into Carter a little bit. Uh, I, I do want to talk about the Flyers' response as well because I was very impressed uh, with the way that they handled everything. Uh, before we get to that, though, I do want to I want to get to everyone's comments here. Um, so there's a few comments about Kevin Hayes here from Dave. We'll get to those. Uh, there's some comments here from Ted E. Jack that I think we could maybe build a conversation around. So first one here: this sends our rebuild back, and I've seen a few people say this. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it because for me, I don't see it that way at all, right? We think back, think, think back to the last 10 years, Jack, what position did the flyers have an abundance of and how much did they win? Right. It was, it was wing. Sorry. They were the only team in the NHL at one point paying three wingers, seven plus million dollars. They had no center depth, no defense, no right, no right-handed defense. Right, we want to do that again. Like Cutter, Cutter Gauthier has got a shot. I'll get to Cutter in a second, right? But uh, this trade, I think, helps the team. I don't, I don't see it as a setback at all, right? I, th- I think once you guys watch Jamie Drysdale, who we're going to talk about as well, you might forget about Cutter Gauthier pretty quick. This kid's uh, something else. I don't think we've seen something like Drysdale uh, in a flyer uniform in in quite a while here. Um, what was this comment here from Teddy? Was this another, we'll get to that, another hazy comment. Uh, oh, here we go. I think this is directed at me here. And I appreciate this. This is fine. Uh, you were the only one who was excited about this kid uh, who just dominated the world juniors, but good riddance. I'm, I think maybe that's sarcasm, Teddy. I think you're saying um, that you were the only one uh, happy he was out of here. Oh. That's why okay. I took it. Yeah, so uh, it's probably true. And don't get me wrong, because if they would have flipped them for something that I didn't like, like I didn't hate Gautier, um, but the fact that they got a Drysdale back, I was I was happy about that. So, um, yeah, so Cutter Gautier. I've been watching this kid, and, and you know, if, if you guys have listened to our show in the past, we've talked about Gautier. Not, not the biggest fan of his game, Obviously, he's extremely talented offensively. So let's get that out of the way, right? This is going to be a player that obviously we would have rooted for. Uh, He's got an outstanding shot. Dave mentions in the comments, elite skater. Uh, 
but he only does it when he wants. And he's been doing that all year at BC. He only skates when he wants. Whenever he has the puck, he looks to shoot. Uh, it's fine. He's a shooter. That's what shooters do. The defense, not there. Uh, and, and mind you, this is a, a player that is trying to play center for when it gets to the, the NHL. The, the defensive effort, non-existent. Uh, it doesn't like to play physical along the wall, right? Uh, almost has this air of, I'm Carter Gauthier. I don't need to do that, right? And you could see it in his play. Jack, how many times did I say in our in our group chat, and I'm not sure how the guys were taking it, but Cutter plays like he has his head up his ass, right? And and by that I mean, you know, he's so full of himself, he he's not doing the things that he needs to do to be a great player. He's just going to be a great scorer. Do you know what I mean? And we, I think we talked maybe last week in watching him. You know, was it me that had to temper my expectations for a fifth overall pick? Are my expectations too high? Should I not be expecting this kid to play defense, to be physical along the boards, to move his feet in the defensive zone and not just glide through it? Do you know what I mean? Should I not be expecting those things from a fifth overall pick that's being talked up to no end, right? A player like Michkov can get away with that stuff because he is an elite, Elite, elite talent. I wouldn't call Cutter Gauthier elite. He has an elite. He's got an NHL-ready shot. He's not an elite player. He's a top six player. And as you heard many times from Danny Breer himself, he's a winger in the NHL. He will never succeed at the center position in the NHL. He, do he doesn't want to play it. Or if he does, he's doing a, a real shitty job at doing it, right? This, this is just what I see when I watch him. Um, you guys maybe see something different. That's fine. The, the, the good stuff for me when I watch a player, it's easy. It's easy to see the good stuff, right? But can he play along the wall? Does he make himself available for teammates? Can he, uh, there was a, a play I used earlier today where you know he's dropping the puck back to a teammate that's not even in the zone. What? Like, what is he doing? Like, you have to – I look for those things. If a guy's pressured with the puck, does he know where to put it? Does he put it in the right spot? Or does he panic and pass it out of the zone on the power play? Things like that. Um, so I, I don't know. So, somebody brought up how he dominated a, a, a men's tournament last year. And, um, you know, maybe he looked really good. He did look good in that tournament. Maybe, maybe it could have been he didn't want to be playing in the NCAA this year. I'm not sure, but there are times – where it looked like he, he was like, hey, I'm Carter Gauthier. I don't need to do this. I'll be in the NHL sooner or later. And to me, he looked the same way in the World Juniors. I, I have no idea what everybody was watching where, you know, I, I'm assuming that they were just looking at his points, Jack, and they saw two goals, 10 assists. When you when you watch his games, a lot of those assists were, were crumb assists. They were, oh. Jimmy Snuggerud sniped it in the top corner. Cutter won the face off. It bounced off a guy's skate and went to Snuggerud. You know what I mean? Uh, they, they weren't 10 primary assists. Remember we were talking last week, people were running out of control with the, uh, oh, Cutter Gauthier can be, a, can be a passer too or whatever. He, he's not really a passer. Honestly, he's just not. He's a goal scorer. I don't know. So I, like, I'm just saying there, there were warts to Cutter's game. I'm perfectly fine 
not having him here. Uh, the attitude's another thing. The entitlement, you saw it all season, all year long. Here's a comment from Micah here. Cutter's a cherry picker first out of the D zone, last back, and it's true. Won't engage physically and overly dependent on his shot. Always looking to shoot, which is fine, uh, but he was going to have a hell of a time here with John Tortorella. I'm telling you, Tortorella is going to rip him a new asshole. And I don't, they were, they were shooting all those rumors down with Torts. Uh, you know, when Torts came up that it wasn't, he wasn't the reason. I think the family came out and said it was a private matter or some bullshit, yeah, okay. which usually means our son's an entitled prick yeah, and we have to exactly speak for him. Yep, um, nailed it. Yeah. So uh, the whole Torts thing, I'm not sure if I believe that or not, but Tortorella would have ripped him a new asshole. And uh, I, I'm almost positive Gautier would have started out in Lehigh Valley um, at least the end of this year. And I'm going to say most likely the beginning of next. And I'm not sure that Gautier, that was something that he wanted to do. Um, so, and it's fine. Uh, we've been saying Flyers need two things. They need a top six center jack and they need a, a, a top right-handed D. Now, Drysdale obviously has to prove that he can be the top pair right-handed D. He's 21 years old. In my opinion, they now have that guy. I I believe wholeheartedly that Jamie Drysdale can be a top pair right-handed D. When this, we'll get to you know his player profile in a bit. I don't think we're done with with Cutter yet, right? Um, so I don't know. That's kind of my thing. Uh, with with Gautier there. If you guys disagree, perfectly fine. You know, there are a lot of good things that he does. Um, I'm just trying to give my honest assessment of what I saw when I watched Gautier, and I was just left kind of, uh, what's the word? Not wanting more, but I was just left like, that's it? This is the guy that we're all excited for here, you know? Because he, he gets lost in games, and I think somebody threw out the name Jeff Carter, and you know, Carter scored 47 goals or something like that before and was a 30-goal scorer throughout his career. And maybe that's Cutter too, but I don't know. Fifth overall pick, man. Don't you expect, like, a little bit more? Like, like busting your ass should be, like, the very least a, a player does, in my opinion. But maybe that's, like, the Philly crap in us that we just expect well, a kid to work hard all the time. I was hoping if he didn't have that aspect to his game, he could learn it. But maybe he'd at least have the character. Well, turns out he sure as fuck doesn't have that. So, I mean, he is just a guy who can shoot. He's got the, he's a Russian at heart with uh, giving up on defense and whatnot. So, yeah, I mean, good, good luck in uh, Anaheim. I'm sure you'll have a sold out stadium to watch you. And I cannot wait to see him come here and him get absolutely wrecked. And uh, yeah, it, it is just, it's so hard not to, every time I think about the trade and what was said and why, I mean, whenever somebody just, you know, spurns your team, you take offense. And I think yeah. about the NHL and the flyers. And I'm just like, how the, how <laughs> I, I'm flabbergasted. I just, I don't understand it. And I, yeah, I do. That's exactly how I wanted to be treated. Like Mark Friedman was like, just, just take his freaking head off. He's a fucking pussy. Just take his head off that little bitch. Like, even if you take a penalty for it, fuck him. Like, welcome to the NHL. We have the fucking little bitch. <laughs> and I'm sure I'm sure he'll be out for six months. You know, like, I mean, I just I can't. I'm just the whole situation has made my head spinning. I cannot believe it. A 19 year old pulling this shit. Fuck him. I don't yeah. give a fuck. Clearly, I do. There's a comment from Eric. And I, I this is see, this is how I felt. And this is why I was 
elated. I, like I said, I wasn't just happy that they traded Gautier. I was happy that they got a player of need. Uh, on the bright side, we got a top, top D-man now, and I feel this kid will be awesome. Jamie's going to be great. That's from Eric Wisniewski. Eric, thanks for hanging out. And I, I agree. Like the, the I mean, whatever you want to call it, the consolation or you know the get that they got for Cutter is pretty damn good. And let's not forget, like guys like uh, Lane Hudson and Seamus Casey, those are second round picks. Uh, pretty good, you know, defensemen there with the Canadians and the Devils. So, um, you know, now they have a second round pick to play with in 2025. Uh, maybe they package it. Maybe they use it. Uh, you know, who knows? Uh, but they got it. Uh, let's see. What other what comments do we have here? Uh, is Cutter a Fletcher pick? I, th I believe so. Yeah. Last one. <laughs> Go figure, right? Yeah. Uh, Flyers are now overloaded at D goalie and right wing. And yeah, well, let's, let's kind of touch on that real quick, Jack, because last, uh, I'm sorry, not last night. Pairs kind of came out in practice today. Uh, it looks like Sanheim uh, they paired him up with Drysdale, at least in practice today. We'll see if it, if it, it's how it works out tomorrow. Um, but, uh, Sanheim Drysdale, they move York back to line two, which we've been saying for a little while, or at least I have that. I think York's a second pair guy and he'll play better with second pair minutes. Uh, they'll put him back down there and I, it looks like they're going to pair him up with Sean Walker. Uh, and then the third pairing will probably be some sort of rotation of Nick Sealer and Igor Zamula along with the Rasmus Ristolainen. And so all of a sudden, Jack, Flyers have an abundance of D, no pun intended or anything weird like that. But three, three pairs of D, and even a seventh guy in uh, Sealer and an eighth guy in Stahl, if you still want to count Stahl. Um, I don't know. You want to touch on the D? I know we've been talking a lot about Sean Walker potentially being moved. I don't want to make it about Walker. But all of a sudden, man, the, the Flyers' D could be a strength. I mean, they definitely got a lot of pieces. I still think a number one defenseman is still one of our goals at the draft. Sure, if um, Drysdale can be that guy. If the, if we're making this trade in 2020, I'm losing my mind. Like I loved him then. It's just he, there's been a lot of injuries, and when he has played, he's had some decent offensive numbers, but I believe the underlining numbers aren't very good. Now there's a lot to go along with that. It's Anaheim. They were terrible. Um, they play more. Their defense plays more offensive. He'll definitely learn defense here, uh, and seeing what Brad Shaw has done with these guys, uh, I. I joked around earlier. I need to lock up Brad Shaw, at least for a little bit. And a lot of that has to do with Jamie, Dye Jamie Gisdale. I mean, if he can be that number one defenseman, which is still a stretch, if you ask me, because one, it, that it alone is a big ask of anybody, you know, and, and Hey, he's compared to Scott Niedemeyer. That'd be pretty nice. But to even get like anywhere near that would, um, would be phenomenal. And I do think he's in the best situation best situation for his uh his career than he was in anaheim i just hope he can stay healthy and get there and that would solve a lot of problems going back to what you said earlier jim where you were very happy that they that he was moved for this and we have wingers so we have a, a plethora of ring, wingers and we need defense especially number one guys well he's a little undersized but he can still be that guy and they have a ton of other guys to fill out the rest which means you can replace Cutter with all the draft picks you should have. You already have two, at least in the first round. You have plenty of seconds as well. 
Um, they should be able to go get those guys. It's, you know, center is still a position in need as well. They don't have to touch goalie at all. So it, it does, it does fill a need. I'm just not sold. It's a number one guy yet. Uh, but we'll see it's very, very early. He's only, I think he just turned 22. He's about to turn 22, something like that. So plenty of time to figure things out again, amazing on the organization for keeping this under wraps, not letting this get out of hand and really get the trade, the comeback really devalued actually get something for him trading him at the end of the world junior championships, which I believe Danny said, or Hilford T said, I'm not sure. Somebody said that they, Anaheim was like, okay, we're going to, we really want this guy. We're going to throw in the second round pick. And that's ultimately how the, you know, the deal got done. So I, they played it as well as they could. And I gotta, I gotta give it to, to Briere. Uh, I like how he's handled everything so far. I liked his impromptu press conference. Got to give the organization a lot of credit. Hil- Hilfert and the whole team and Jones that come out and said, we're going to, we're going to be transparent with our fans. They're going to know everything. And that's exactly what happened. They've told us everything along the way. There's no pussyfooting, no, no lying, none of that stuff. And he, they even talk smack on a little bit on, you know, him, Briere subtly like, Oh, he's just, he's a left winger, even though they clearly wanted him to play center. You know, I mean like, good. You don't want to play here. Go fuck yourself piece of shit like i wish they would have said that's the only thing they could have said that could have made me feel any better you know like that's the first thing i want Meechkov to say when he comes over it's like i'm happy to be in philly cutter can go fuck himself you're on mute sorry i didn't even realize i did that i said in english and russian um so (laughs) funny little tidbit so i'm over at the uh the coffee and tea uh refreshment table or whatever last night and you know, I overhear uh, Bush talking to somebody and he goes, hey, and they were talking about how Briere mentioned early in the presser that, you know, they traded a left wing for a premium position. And he goes, how about that kicking the nuts from Briere right off the bat? And dude, I lost it. I thought it was so funny. Um, but yeah, you know, I so here's something, like you said, I, I loved whether you agreed with the message or not, because it, it, the Flyers now have an identity. I love that from top to bottom, they all basically gave a collective fuck you to Cutter Gauthier. From Al Morgani, Scott Hartnell on TV, to Jim Jackson, to Keith Jones, to, like you said, Hilferty, to Briere, to, to Sanheim in the locker room, every to Torts, everybody had the same message. And I, I was kind of blown away, uh, blown away by that. Like, okay, this team, they're on the ball. This organization is united right and now now they really do kind of have that us against everybody kind of mentality and you know whether you agree with that or you think that stuff's overrated to me it just means they're aligned you know they're all on the same page and uh i think that's massive um they're all pushing for the same goal they only want guys that that want to be here uh obviously and uh what they're doing is they're building a culture. They're building an identity. Uh, Eric's comment here, Sanheim responded nice. Hey, I mean, Jack, who, there was no bigger uh, Sanheim trasher than me in the offseason, I think. Right? And, uh, I think Lawton would agree with that. Yeah. The way he's played this year and has continued to play, the way he sounded last night was like, whoa, Sanheim is really stepping up here. Like in a big way, he all of a sudden he's got a voice, you know, he's confident out on the ice. I'm, I'm buying in big time to Sanheim. Loved what he said. Uh, I believe it was something along the lines of it. They, 
they took notice that he he didn't show up to dev camp, right? We uh, if, if anybody thought it wasn't a big deal, the players noticed that. That doesn't happen. And uh, so he said that's kind of when they thought something was up. And he said if he doesn't want to be here, you know, we don't we don't want you here. And uh, that's how it should be. I was impressed with that man. Uh, but yeah, top to bottom, there wasn't one thing that I didn't like about how the Flyers responded last night. I thought Briere did an excellent job in his presser, right? I thought he was transparent enough to where he let you see what he wanted you to see. He didn't lie in any way, told the truth, right? And this is, I think, what the organization's getting good at. They tell the truth, but it's like, yeah, you ever know something, Jack? And it's like, all right, well, if I don't tell them, if I leave things out, it's not that I lied, I just didn't tell them kind of thing. To me, that's how the Flyers are coming off now, where they they give the truth that the fans need, and you know they'll leave out the really like the other things. That's the kind of impression that I get when I hear them talking. I'm okay with that because they're honest enough. Um, so I, I was impressed with the way the, the Flyers responded. Uh, you mentioned Hilferty. Uh, hopped on our buddy Russ uh, and Anthony's podcast. Uh, Eric mentions uh, Chris Terrian in here too. Dan Hilferty was on the show. Trashed, trashed coach. Yeah. The, I mean, what is his position? He's the the owner or what the hell is he now? President of something or other? The liaison escaped, between the team and Comcast. It, escaped, <laughs> it escapes me now, but <clears throat> dude, he was trashing Gautier. And I'm like, this is incredible, right? Because who... He, who gives a shit whose feelings that you hurt? He's not a flyer. Yeah, fuck him. Yeah, Jesus. He's right, the enemy. He don't play here, and he's a fucking enemy. So go fuck was, yourself. It was the least corporate of response as you could get, right? It was a, it was a, it was a, it was a competitive response. It was a, uh, you know, this is a sports franchise. If you don't want to play with us, fuck off. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't like, oh, we can't say that. You know, we need to we need to deliver a message here. You know, yeah. we we want to appeal to these fans and make sure they have their milkshakes and their their rage rooms. No, it was oh, Carter Gauthier doesn't want to fucking play for the Flyers. That's all right. We'll trade your ass. That's how it should be. I'm just I'm just proud to be uh you know a fan of this team and you know a, a member of media whatever. This they make you proud again. And uh, even though they traded a fifth overall pick, right? Uh, let's not lose sight of that, but they found a way to make it work. And, uh, you know, they, they stood behind their decision as well. And, and they all full transparency. Like I understand why we didn't know until the trade was done. I'm not an idiot. You know, like it's all about value and getting something for him. But the second the trade was done, flyers have told us everything they know. The only thing we don't know is why this jackass, you know, cause he has, he's a gutless coward and he won't tell us why. He don't have the balls to tell us why. He doesn't have the balls to meet with the team. He doesn't have any balls at all. You know, so I mean, good riddance, obviously. But we, what we don't know and what's actually been put on Kevin Hayes, there is a section of the fan base who seriously needs to take it easy with that stuff. They've gone too far. I understand they're angry. But a part of the reason Kevin Hayes is getting the blame is because Cutter is a gutless bitch who won't say why he wanted to leave. I mean, that's part of it. So part of what Hayes is dealing with is definitely on the fans, some of them, but it's also on Cutter. So he can go, he should go fucking yell at him too, that little fucking bitch. <laughs> did you see that thumbs up that you had next to your head? I didn't do it. I did go like that. Oh, no, see, that was my other hand. I, don't, I did see that. It looked like the that Facebook. That's weird, thing. man. Yeah. <laughs> if somebody did Never that, do it again. <laughs> yeah, please. Cool. Never seen that um, before. 
Okay, so let's kind of get into the Hayes thing a little bit. So how that all came about, uh, Aunt San said something on on the uh, Snow the Goalie show last night at the game, and uh, I don't have it word for word, but he said something to the tune of Kevin Hayes had his fingerprints all over this thing with Gautier. Uh, I guess sometime between when Gautier was drafted and Kevin Hayes was here or whatever, they somehow got close and they went golfing and whatnot. And, you know, who knows? Uh, I, I'm not going to speculate because I don't know. Uh, but I think it's safe to uh, wonder or, you know, throw out guesses that, oh, I'm sure maybe Kevin Hayes shared his experiences, uh, you know, uh, playing for the Flyers, playing for Torts, uh, you know, staying all four years in the NCAA, getting to choose your own team. You know, we can assume all that. Um, I'm not going to. Because, it, it, you know, stuff like that where you just assume, uh, I think it's a little pointless, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, so apparently that's a thing. It's being tied into Hayes. And, you know, Hayes is now shitting all over Philadelphia. Um, here, here's my take on that. And full 100% respect to Ansan. Uh, love the guy. You know, he's probably uh, the top or uh, top two best beat writers or for the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, but I'm not sure that I would have said that. Now, I understand things were kind of, I don't want to say they were getting out of hand, but emotions were running high last night, right? It was a, it was a, how do I explain it? The vibe up in at least press row for me was just, it was exciting. Like, shit, this trade broke during a game. Um, it seemed like maybe, uh, I, I just, that's something that I maybe would have thought twice about saying like, okay, if I do say this, what, what are the repercussions that are going to come of it or what good can come from, you know, me saying this about Kevin Hayes. Right. And what's ended up happening is Hayes has now he's playing the, Oh, I would never say something like that. I've never done that. I would never say stuff like that. He would never admit to, to doing anything like that. So it's a lose-lose for Ant to mention it. Because now Kevin Hayes gets to play the victim, right? He gets to uh, bring up how he's got all these death threats and he can make Philly look like even more shit, things like that. He can, uh, you know, I just, uh, it was a lose-lose in my opinion for Ant to bring it up, um, whether it's true or not. Just my opinion. Um, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. So, um, yeah, that's all. Um just that whole Kevin Hayes thing. I don't know if that I 100% buy into it, um, but I don't think it's crazy to think it's possible it happened either. So, yeah, you'll know. never be able to prove it. Just being realistic and seeing some of the interviews they had where they go golfing all the, I don't know about all the time, but there plenty of times and they're all Boston guys. It's really hard to believe that, like, even subtly, not something with they're humans. I'm not even faulting Hayes at that point for something like that. Again, this could all be cleared if Cutter had some balls and just said, this is why I don't want to play here. Private matter. Come on, give me a break. Okay. Uh, sorry. Anyway, so, like, I do think something was said, just being realistic. But I don't think it's the sole reason. I think it's a combination of a lot of things. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I think Cutter's an entitled little bitch. Didn't get his way. So he packed his bags and said, send me elsewhere because I ain't playing for you. And then it got so bad where they were kind of like, well, maybe we can present like our last case. This is what we're doing with our team. If there was anything along the way that we screwed up, we didn't mean that, we mean this. And he wouldn't even talk to him, cut off communication. 
that's unheard of. Yeah. I can't get over that. That is so unprofessional and just why unheard of, completely unheard of. Like I, I, it makes no sense at all, at all. Uh, Unless he's a Verizon guy, I, I really don't get it. Like it's stupid. I, I'm, I, it makes you wonder, like who's advising this kid, right? Like, well, he just he has to be. Now the we're back. You come back to Hayes in a sense. Like, I might have just lost Jimmy there for a second, but you come back to Hayes for a sense. Who who suddenly made this kid loathe Philly? Where uh, I'm born to be a flyer. You know what? Not so much. I need to get out of Dodge as soon as possible. That's a massive changing of your mind. I know Briere said there were maybe he could change his mind back. And to that, I'm just like, once a player says something like that, I don't know how you come back from that. I, do, I, I just don't see it. Um, so, it, and the only thing I can think of is, and I alluded to this earlier, is when you have people get in your head that are not the, don't have your best interests in mind, have their own agendas. And I'm not, I'm not saying it's just Hayes. Could it be other people? It could be, this thing could have just snowballed. But I find it hard to believe for how this went just night and day like this, that Hayes wasn't involved in some way, shape or form. And I have zero proof of that. However, and uh, Sean, yes, he put it on this. He put it on the uh, screen here. He was Anthony. That's what he does. He cites sources. He does not shoot from the hip with comments. Everything he says, because he's been called out every, a lot of times and he's always come out on top because he always cites his sources. He always knows what he's doing. And, I trust Anthony with everything he's ever reported because he's never let me down. So I understand what Jim's saying. It wasn't, you know, the best timing. It didn't do anybody any favors. And that's probably true. But as far as what actually went down there, I'm pretty damn sure that Hayes had something to do with this. Definitely not the sole reason, but we're seeing the cutter has zero character. So it probably didn't take much subtle comments here, subtle comments there. Saw what happened to him during his last year with the flyers. Things add up. But the fact that he wouldn't talk to the team and and just turns away Patrick Sharp and and LeClaire, who are just studs in the NHLs, each with Stanley Cups, like, give me a break. Like, that is – I just can't fathom that. I just can't. Uh-oh. I think we lost Jimmy. Um. Anyway, so I do see – maybe I can click on the comment. Someone was comparing Drysdale to Petrangelo. Um, I saw Scott Niedemeyer, which I liked because we joked earlier about Cutter Gauthier getting those Lindros comparisons. So, you know, Lindros for Niedemeyer, I guess I'll take it. But that would be a hell of a get for sure. Talk about an all-around defenseman. Key to the Devils winning their Stanley Cups. Key to the Ducks winning their Stanley Cup. We got a, a fraction of Niedemeyer. We'd be in business right there. Jimmy, you're back. <laughs> yeah, I lost power there for a sec. Did you not lose power at all? No. Oh, I forgot it's doing that. No, I've been rambling for like the last 10 minutes. Oh, awesome. I thought we <laughs> lost the whole show. That's great. Yeah, you texted me. No, I was like, um, I'm still going. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. All right. So what we miss? We're talking about Drysdale. Somebody. So I went from Cutter to Drysdale. Somebody, uh, it's this Mika London. Someone was comparing Drysdale to Petrangelo. Was that a fair comparison? I brought up the Scott Niedemeyer comparison that I had seen. Joked about the Lindros thing. Uh, however, every defenseman that he's been uh, compared to, and Jim loves this comparison. So please put as many as you can in the chat. Um, it's all it's all been phenomenal names. Petrangelo's amazing. Niedemeyer is obviously amazing. Like keep it coming. <laughs> I mean, but. 
Um, yeah, I mean, as far if we want to move on to Drysdale, what I'll say is coming out of his draft year, I was a massive fan. I made it, I made it a uh, a point to go get him in our dynasty hockey league. And ever since then, he had a decent first. I was able to start him. It's like when he was 19. I think that was his first year. And you will, people will say he was rushed to the NHL. Uh, he did okay. Again, underlining numbers, not so good, but point total was good, which is why I drafted him. Point league makes sense. After that, you got a lot of injuries. Torn labrum, missed a ton of time, and we don't know what the injury was this year. Uh, again, just came back. But they seem pretty – uh, confident that his injuries are behind him. They don't think he's injury prone and hopefully he can get on track and become that number six overall pick in a much better draft. Mind you, uh, the team honestly needs that a hell of a lot more. Carlson and McCarr. Jesus Christ. Dude. Well, it was I mean, Bobby or just say Bobby or be done with it. I think I was, I was playing around with uh, Dan Silver uh, yesterday. Uh, before I, or I after the trade somebody had asked for a comp i think and you know me i have to be the asshole that i am you know because we had dan on with the whole lindros gotier comp whatever whatever all that was so i said something ah, you know a good comp for drysdale would be bobby Orr. <laughs> just you know being a prick but anyways uh so i i watched a little bit of drysdale last night uh i wanted to watch more uh, I only watched the fun stuff. And mm-hmm. what I saw is the first thing that, you know, instantly pops off the page to you is this kid can skate. Like maybe the best skater on the team right away. Um, so, you know, that pops out. Then the IQ pops out. Um, I, let me let me try to find some of these clips here. There was a, there was a clip where he was on the power play where he just kind of hovers like a UFO. Um, you know, skating in, you know, trying to bait the defenseman in to, you know, steal the puck or whatever. And then he just kind of glides back. He pulls the defender out with him, which opens up space for a teammate, you know, maybe for a guy like Forrester who's got a bomb shot or an Owen Tippett, you know, guys like that. This is what he's going to do, right? Because he doesn't, he doesn't have a, a, a big shot, but he can distribute. Um, he can create space. He can get guys open. He can get open himself. Sometimes he he jumps in the play. He looks like a forward, right? Um, I, I'm I'm not sure that I would compare him to Shane Gosses Bear, but you know we all watched Gosses Bear. There were times where Gosses Bear looked like he he cared about more uh, about offense than defense. Um, I haven't watched Drysdale play defense uh, at all yet. I've like I said, I've only watched fun things about Drysdale. Um, definitely likes to play offense. He can get up in the rush quick. Uh, always looking to score, create offensive chances. Um, it's a it's a player that the Flyers are lacking on D, maybe throughout the organization um, in Jamie Drysdale. Um, they have a, a power play quarterback now. I'm not like Torch said he's not sure which one he's going to start off on, but I have no doubt, you know, when the time comes, he's going to be the top guy on the power play. That's the main reason why I'm excited for. Drysdale is because he's going to be able to help this power play. Um, getting guys open and being able to find them is huge for this team. Uh, we'll see. You guys are going to see. Uh, Drysdale's a fun player. I mean, you have you have a couple people in here. Um, you know, McCarr Light, Carlson. He can distribute. Uh, like like uh, 
I get it. Like I get like the injury scares. I, I think you talked about that already. I think one of them was like a torn labrum, which you yeah, know, guys that was like, a big one. Yeah, but that's not like that's not forced to have had it. Yeah, exactly. That's not something that's going to really affect your career. You don't have to worry about that like constantly mm-hmm. or anything like that, which is good. It's big. Drysdale, he has the offensive and defensive ability to be a franchise NHL defenseman. Um, what's funny is I remember reading that and with most defensemen, like he really should have spent another year in juniors putting on size uh, work. He actually needed to work on a shot a little bit and he was rusty NHL. So that could explain a lot of things with injuries uh, with his, with his underlining numbers and whatnot. Uh, but his skating and ability to read the play, it, he, he's like the perfect modern day NHL defenseman. How, I mean, a, that is a hell of a thing to get back for a guy who doesn't want to play for your team. You know, and my only worry is he just hasn't done that yet. And he was drafted in 2020 and played almost immediately. I'm going to put it all on injuries. And I love the coaching staff that he's with right now to bring that out of him, particularly Brad Shaw. I've seen what he's done with the current core and wow. So I am going to stay optimistic. I'm going to stay optimistic because anything pessimistic is Cutter Gautier and just fuck that little rat bastard. Like I fucking can't fucking stand it. Like, and I just, just for this trade to work out, not only because we need it, but also because of the trade would just be, would be yeah, exactly. And then you're going to find out this little pansy ass pussy. He's not going to be able to fucking do anything, but shoot. And then we're really going to be riding high. You know, the Lord works in mysterious ways, Jim. It's maybe it's a blessing in disguise. And it's better that we figure out all this shit out now, you know, was able to get something for him and, not have to let him walk or whatever bullshit he could have come up with. Maybe so, the hockey gods are finally shining down. Meechkov last year, maybe they knew that Gautier wasn't going to work out here and gifted us Drysdale, something like that. I, I do want to get to this second this, round pick as well. That, that second round pick. This comment here from Vinit uh, on Drysdale, which I think is a massively under. This is a skill, by the way. His ability to walk the line and find shooting lanes on the power play will be the best we have. Like I could watch videos on end just of him, you know, walking the line, uh, looking for seams to to shoot the puck through or lanes. That's a skill, man. And in the summer, Jack, what was like some of my biggest complaints about guys like Sandheim and York who maybe have gotten better at it, but they can't get pucks to the to goal. And it doesn't mean that you need to have a bomb shot. It's a skill to find the lane and create seams to put the puck through. And uh, you know, being able to move on the blue line, the way Drysdale does gives him that ability. Um, I mean, you're looking for tips. You're looking for deflections, anything like that. You don't have to be the, the defense doesn't have to be the guy that scores, but he needs to be the guy that gets the puck through and Drysdale can do that. So very, uh, very good comment there. It's an underrated well, uh, ability in my opinion. Well, I like it too, because we always talk about having playmakers, you know, we had them way back for so long, but we talk about that on offense, but to have a defenseman who you're not depending on his shot. He's a playmaker on D who could open up shooting lanes, like said, but even though shooting lanes, you don't need him to rip it home. He could take a smart shot, have a rebound to somebody out in front. The, the idea is the shooting lanes. And one of the things I've seen with this, how bad this power play has been is getting legitimate shots on net, whether that be off the bat or a rebound, like they're, you know, Zabula surprisingly has uh, not done bad in his short time there, but more consistently down the line, I would like to see a true power play quarterback like a Drysdale. And I do think that he'll just be another facet of that defense to go along with me, even Meechkoff. We're talking about 
Cutter and Meechkoff, well, from a defensive standpoint, they could just be, I don't know about just as lethal, but very much needed, especially to get a guy like Meechkoff open and whatnot, to be able to walk the line and do things of that nature. And a lot of that has to do with how crazy good he is at skating. It opens up a lot of the game. And that's when I see a defenseman and I see like his number one thing is like skating. I love that. I love that. Probably because I dealt with Andrew McDonald, who he literally didn't wear skates. He was out there in slippers. But, you know, that has a lot to do with what I like in a defenseman, especially one who's going to be good on both ends of the ice. So trying to stay trying to stay positive, trying to stay optimistic. I'm going to sweep the injury history under the, under the rug and start start fresh. You're muted again. I appreciate you giving me the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, I did upload a nine second video here if, uh, since we have, it uh, looks like we have a lot of viewers tonight. appreciate everybody hanging out. Uh, yeah. So here's a little, there's no sound on it. Here's a clip of Jamie Drysdale. Um, and what we have to look forward to, I think. So here he's number six coming through the neutrals. Look at the skating and the shot. All right. So the first thing I think of Jack, when I watch this kid skate, Think of three-on-threes and in, in the overtime. So this is something that I'll save for another show. The Flyers don't know how to play overtimes. Hmm. Um, imagine Jamie Drysdale and Meechkov and whoever's playing center. I don't, it doesn't even matter who the third person is. Just imagine Meechkov and Drysdale three-on-three. It's going to be havoc. Somebody mentioned earlier in the chat the Flyers got a dynamic player. I'm not sure if, if Gautier is a dynamic player, but when I watched... Drysdale for the two hours, whatever I watched him last night, the word that came to mind was this this kid's dynamic, right? They have a dynamic defenseman now in in Drysdale, and that's the Flyers have needed more dynamic players. I mean, they've had the most vanilla roster for how many years, dude? Like just and so plain Jane, so boring to watch, so one dimensional. Um, you know, Michkov obviously dynamic, and what I, you know what I was blown away that. In a year where they're supposed to be selling players off, they added a player, a 21-year-old <laughs> right-handed defenseman. Um, what would you read in the comments? No, what you said. Just oh. like they're supposed to be selling. I mean, there's yeah, some funny shit. There's some funny shit in the comments. But like they're supposed to be selling, and they found a way to add a player to this team. <laughs> yeah, it's going to definitely make some people happy. But they're not. They're all bitching that other defensive people won't get an opportunity now, which begs the question. Yeah, I mean, we're still too far from the deadline. Still got it at least two months, but do you pull the trigger on somebody? You start the trading season? It's not unheard of. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned the logjam earlier in the show on D. I mean, they have like eight defensemen, yeah. you know, and, and probably five of them can be traded, right? I, I think Easily. somebody in the chat said Zamula's been playing well. Let me see if I can find that one. Uh, Zamula actually played well the last few games. And he'll likely be scratched. So the last three games that I went to, I've actually watched Zamula. Like he's been the he's been the guy that I've zeroed in on. Now, last night, I'll be honest, once this once this Gautier Drysdale news came out, I forgot there was a game. I was at the game and didn't watch the game at all. Uh, um, nobody did. <laughs> but Zamula is a guy that I've been watching. And uh, you know, obviously, like anybody else, there'll be pros and cons, but um, you know, I'm gonna trust towards towards is seeing things that he likes on the power play. He's, he, he mentioned that Zamula is slowing things down and things like that. And 
you know, my first thought was, well, I think he's just kind of slow in general. Um, but he, he, he looked like he picked it up a little bit more last night, Zamola. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's putting some points up on the board. I think he's got like three or four power play points in the last, uh, uh, I don't know, handful of games, something like that. So good stuff there. Uh, Micah, uh, Sean Walker has found money. We've been saying that for weeks now, right, Jack? Got to cash in. Go get in. that money. Yeah, go get that money, especially cash now. In. If there was any question before, don't think there should have been. Uh, there certainly isn't now. I mean, come on. Yeah, man. Um, oh, Kenny Graham. We haven't seen Kenny G in a long time, Jack. The yeah, I was that looks familiar. That's what I was saying. Blessing in disguise. Yep. Hopefully. There yeah. it is. Good stuff there. Uh, Fingers crossed. See. I wasn't the biggest fan of him when he played. I love retirement. <laughs> Have you seen what Zach, what Ronaldo said? I retweeted saying? it. I retweeted what he had said. He's yeah, a funny he, dude, man. And the Matthew Barnaby went went to town for the Flyers too. That was a good one. Yeah, how about that? So, so Barnaby takes the Flyers' side, and a guy like Sean Avery. Uh, I mean, we know. So Avery hasn't really lost an edge. Like he's the same person now as he was when he played. Like he knows what he's good at. And uh, there's there's no better fan base to, to no easier fan base to get riled up than. Uh, then a Philly fan base, and uh, you know Avery's doing what he does best. What's his show called? Uh, Full Sand or something like that. He had some comments on there, and I think Gautier liked the liked the clip. So I was more pissed about Gautier liking the clip than I was with anything Avery I'm had surprised to say. I he saw his social fun. media Gautier, but nobody gives mm. a shit about Sean Avery. But you are right. He he's a character. He knows he is. He would be a great WWE wrestler if he could wrestle. Like he understands, he's like I'm a heel, and I'm gonna be a heel. It's true. You, I'm sure if you met him in private, he wouldn't be like that at all. But he knows his brand. His whole fucking team hates him. Like they, they all hated him. You know, he he gets it. He's like, hey, it's this is what I do to get a contract and play in the NHL. I get it. You know, so I don't. I can't. That's why I take anything he says with a grain of salt. So whatever. Fuck him. Yeah. Uh, we're about an hour in Jack. Let's get to a couple more comments. And then, uh, was there anything else you wanted to touch on? I feel I mean, like we are missing something here. What else happened? Uh, the Flyers did play a game. They did lose to the Penguins. I think Frost, Tip is scored uh, on power play. Yeah. All right. Let's not, I don't feel like talking about it. <laughs> yeah, every, every, no, all the pods aren't I really, I haven't seen much. Yeah, I don't feel like getting into any of that. Yeah, good troll job there from Sean C. Said everybody should just um, sound off all week. Vinny's on fire tonight. Avery, that's Bangor, true. Elijah so Cooper. I when I respect. when I well when I retweeted his trolling, I you know he's a weird dude. So he like would go to fashion shows and look at pocketbooks and shit. He would. So, so I was like, what's this? It's riveting podcast about you know handbags, pocketbooks, and I said sloppy seconds. Remember when she started dating Dion Panuff? And yeah. he was like, he's, she's get my slop, uh, sloppy seconds. He got like fined or suspended. That was Avery. So yeah, that's ooh, what a throwback. Yeah. Those were the days when players would say shit like that. Huh? Not so well, much. I'll respect that. that. That's back when the game was, you know, fun. It's now something. Now they just don't even say anything to the team. Do you imagine? Yeah. We got it. Well, we'll see. Maybe things will change a little bit. They have, they have in Philly. That's for sure. Ooh, over under on how many games till frost gets scratched again. I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't see him getting scratched again uh, the last time. Maybe they'll carry eight D, and they'll just scratch Frost. You think we see a, another move 
uh, I hope in, in so. short order, Jack? Like, do you think we we'll oh, see it soon? Like, teams my, are going to start. My gut says me. my gut says no, but my I, I my brain and my heart are like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> at least move a defenseman. Like, like I, why not? You know, like you don't have to wait to the deadline. It's not October. Like, it, there's nothing that says you. Certain players, I understand, you might want to wait, but at the same time, but if somebody gets hurt, just fuck. If you have something you like, just move them. Yeah, you know. So uh, I don't I, see why not. I wonder now if teams are more like, well, you know, the, if you need D, the Flyers are the team to go to. They got eight D. You know, they, they like I said, they could trade half of them. Uh, Walker, Sealer. Would you trade both Walker and Sealer right now for a first round pick? Both of them. You're trading basically a pair. Your second pair is what. And they all I'm getting, oh, and I'm and I'm just getting a first. Yeah. Oh man, probably. I would really want to see if I can get more, which you should. I think Walker alone gets you a first. Yeah. But, like, I wouldn't be upset. I wouldn't be upset. If it was this year, if that pick was in 2024, I'd be okay with that. You know, I, I again, I would, I, my ultimate scenario is you, you have a lot of teams up against it. And you really drive a bidding war and really get something back just because they're not making any money. Like, they're not making anything. Any team could fit both of them in theoretically. What's mm. their combined salary? What's Sealer making? It can't be yeah. any more than three and a half mil. Like that's I nothing. Feel, I, I don't even think he's making a mil. Hang no, on. no. I mean combined, combined, oh, combined. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's it, Walker's making two point something, and I think Sealer's maybe a mil. I don't know if he got a raise or something. Like, actually, I have no. Kept, you're right. I, Sealer's I, making minimum. Seven seventy-five. So, and what's uh, Walker officially made? He's making two six, six, yeah, two point six. So, add add that together. Um, how much? Yeah, you were right. That's the let's team's taking up three. What? So that's it for a defensive pair. The teams who are cap strapped should be all over that. Toronto, especially. Uh, I Kote's agree. a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, should we end it on that? I'm, I'm having fun. You guys have been awesome in the chat. Today. It's been a good time hanging yeah, out. With I, keep, I got plenty of booze left. So, um, yeah, there's no, there's no gentleman tonight, Jim. No gentleman, gentleman Jack, Jack. We got gentleman Jack tonight. It's going down, but it's not coming out. Uh, no gentleman here, baby. I could just roast Gautier for another hour. You want to see if we can bring some of the boys in? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all right. I'll copy the link in the chat real quick. There we go, boys. Yeah, get in here. Roast this little twat. <laughs> um, yeah, so the Gautier news. I feel like I had more stories from uh last night. I already talked about when it happened. Uh, well, you called I me. I was on cloud. Yeah, I called you. Oh my god. So I'm I'm on the phone with Jack. And uh oh yeah, yeah, I know you're gonna say yeah. do you know who comes walking down the hallways, Danny Briere? And I'm like, Jack, hang on one second. I had to shake this man's hand. I had to congratulate him. I said, Danny, congratulations on the trade. Uh, well done. And uh, and I felt, it, I don't know, it was just one of those moments where like, holy shit, I just, you know, shook Briere's hand after he made that massive trade. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, a lot happened last night. Uh, it was just a night. And then I'm, I'm like thinking to myself, like, well, they didn't win anything. They actually lost the game. They traded their former fifth overall pick that everyone's going to be upset about. Why? Why do I feel like I won something? You know what I mean? Like I, I couldn't sleep last night. I was up to like four o'clock in the morning. 
You um, said that. Yeah. And was, I, uh, and to, just to give Jim some credit, I literally heard you on the phone say, great job. Great trade, Danny. <laughs> I, I heard the whole thing. It was, it was, it was nice. Yeah. It was He's cool. not lying. He's not making it up. And then but the main thing I remember you telling me is like, dude, you're like, can you believe this? I'm like, yeah, you never call me at the game. <laughs> and you're like, you're like, yeah, right. It's fucking pandemonium up here. <laughs> dude, it, it was nuts. I'm yeah. telling you. I can't, I can imagine. I feel like people were running around like it was nuts. And it was like that the whole game, it wasn't just the press conference, like more news would come out. Like I feel like the, the Kevin, uh, Hey shit didn't come out right away. It was more of a second intermission thing. You know what I mean? Like the whole night was just crazy. I didn't, I didn't watch the game, but it was on in front of me. I've had 65 inch TV in a small room. Like I didn't watch it again. I was on my phone the entire time. It was That's ridiculous. Exactly I, did. I did the same exact. I mean, I was there and I didn't watch the game. Uh, I was in shock that they, uh, that's the last thing that I expected to happen <laughs> was that for them to trade Gautier. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it was like, it was something. I mean, they held the press conference in, in press row. So like when you come through the elevators, you'll see like they dedicated a wall to Gene Hart. Uh, you walk down and you have the press row and whatever. So they held the press conference in front of uh, the Gene Hart uh, Memorial Wall, which usually they put you down in, you know, the basement, you know, the locker room or outside the locker room. So it was pretty cool how they, they did everything last night. Um, uh, they had to have known before. Well, I mean, I guess they did know before the game, but. Um, next time when it has that feel to it, like everybody kind of knows something's up, I'm going to ask about it, I guess, you know, um, it was an interesting feel. Uh, Jim, you got to experience something. I'm sure not many beat writers, you know, people up in press row get to, you know, I mean, like how often does during a game, does a trade like that go down during a game? Yeah, I mean, when's the last time two two highly touted prospects were traded like that? That's I, the I don't thing. even know. That's the other thing. A nineteen year old like that, like I, it's those are like the weird situations where the team and the player, like the player's good, he's good for the team, but the team and the player have issues, so he gets traded. But in this scenario, he never played for the team, so like he didn't make. I've never seen anything like that. I can't think of a scenario where they had to trade a prospect that young who's playing well because he wanted out like that. And then like it happens in the middle of the season and just so happened to be out of game. Yeah. Started all, it all started in the freaking bathroom for you, which is even more insane. Did I tell that story? I did already did. Right? in the beginning yeah, of the you, show. You did. I knew something was up, man. I, so I was going to wait to see who was going to walk out of the stall. I, I was waiting to see who was in the stall. Um, and it was it stall. Was, it was weird because they were standing there facing the toilet like they were standing up taking a piss, but there was no piss hitting the water. So I'm like, I don't know what they're doing in here, and maybe I shouldn't be in here to find out when they come out. You know what I mean? Maybe they were having a meeting, and you just happened to walk in <laughs> yeah, at the right time. I mean, I don't know what the fuck was going on in there. Nobody so. will think to check on us in here. Who's this bald guy? I didn't want him <laughs> to come out of the bathroom, and I'm just standing there like, hey, what's up, buddy? You know, I'm just standing. <laughs> I'm just here. Um don't worry it's just high and wide anyway yeah. it's gonna be great you're gonna love it <laughs> well, speaking of standing around in the bathrooms i have a homer story i told it in the group chat but uh, it might be different like actually telling the story so 
you know, when you go into the bathroom, there's two urinals and a stall and there's typically no line. You just, you know, you run into the bathroom, take a quick piss and you leave. So I'm running into the bathroom and for some reason, it, like Paul Holmgren is standing there. He's waiting for a urinal, but it doesn't like process in my head that like, <laughs> oh, he's standing there because he's waiting. So I buzz right by him. I see with my own eyes that, you know, he's in line because everything's taken up. I turn around and I go, oh, what are you in line, Paul? And just in the most Paul Holmgren way, he goes, well, I don't normally just stand in here. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I laughed right in his face because he said it in the most serious way. Like, what are you, fucking stupid or something? That's Holmgren. You know? I've met him before. <laughs> Very serious. Very serious. I don't serious. normally just hang out in the bathroom. I'm like, all right, dude. Uh, yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah, but uh, Fucking idiot. <laughs> Oh, Jim, I, I would have been be disappointed if he nights. didn't get me. I would have been disappointed if he, you know, if he laughed or joked around, but he was like, what are you, dumb? Of course I'm not. Of course I'm in line. He, he, you should have been like, yeah, what are you, dumb? Yeah, well, it's not like I traded for Andrew McDonald. Yeah, right. God forbid. Could you imagine? If you'd have hit him with that zinger, Jim, you'd have been a god. You know what? Maybe I will next time. I haven't seen him since. <laughs> but uh, well, it's a way to get banned real quick. You know, I did see and there was Mike Rupp, and he's a massive human being. You said that, yeah. He's a lot bigger than I thought, and I th he's listed six five, but I swear to God, he was like seven oh, foot. I wanted to ask you, geez, I totally get back on topic here. First game, I know we saw some interesting practice lineups. Drysdale on the top pair for you? Uh, I figured right it was off Tandheim, the bat, right off the bat. Like meaning tomorrow, right? Tomorrow, him and Sandheim. Didn't they practice? I guess the quickest way for them to become acclimated is to just throw them into the fire, right? Um, but at the same time, I would say if you're trying, I'm going to assume this is what they do. I'm going to assume they dress 7D. They keep the you know the regular pairs that they've had, and they toss him out on the power plays. Maybe they rotate him in on the third pair, or maybe I don't know. Maybe they rotate the top. I'm not sure. Um, they, they are playing the Canadians, who I think are playing better of late, but are a bottom five team. Um, I would probably mix him in slowly, let him get his feet wet a little bit. I mean, I think he got here five o'clock this morning, immediately went to practice. Could you imagine your last like 24 to 48 hours? You know? Yeah. Um, I, I would get him in slowly, too. mix him in on the third pair and get him some power play minutes is what I would do. It's funny, but it's like a big deal if he plays on the second or third pair. But I bet you when you look at the minutes, it'll be pretty close. I don't think it'll be top pair minutes. I wouldn't put him on the first line, but based on how they practice, I was curious if they were going to try it or maybe they'll put start him off on the third pair and then later in the game change things up and see, you know, see how the game's going, see how it goes. I mean, you're easing them in, but if things are going well, you can just make some changes. I mean, why not? Why else practice that way too? Yeah, I agree. And it looks like Oakham agrees with you here. Uh, Sandheim Drysdale click that could be an electric duo. And, you know, it just so happens that one wears number six and the other one wears nine. That's a nice pair. And so it's not said. 96 we're thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? I love um, it. It's better than what I had lined up. Uh, York being on the second pair is great for his development. That's a good, actually, that's a good point. I totally agree with that. I know we all like York, although if we drafted Caulfield and then made this trade for Drysdale, ooh. we'd have never had the drafts go to me. <laughs> you don't know that. Um, 
but yeah, I, I don't, I think most of us don't, we lo- really like York's offensive game. He's there's definitely left to, some things left to be desired, but ultimately he's been pretty solid. Um, I think we do view him as a second pairing defenseman with Sandheim signed so long and now playing well. <laughs> um, and Drysdale being a, a top caliber, at least you'd hope defenseman. That makes a lot of sense. I can see down the road. I can see bonk in York as your second pair. That'd be pretty nice. Yeah, it would be. This so is, of course, I, everything works out. This is another thing that we've been talking about, and this the point was brought up by Ant Gratz. Um, York being on second pair is where he belongs, in my opinion, and it's not a slight. You need good players on your second pair, right? Because I've said this on Twitter, and what's the first thing that comes back? Oh, you don't think he's a top pair, D? Hmm. I mean, quite frankly, number one, no. And I think that you need – good second you need a good second pair and york is perfectly fine on the second pair um oh, yeah absolutely let him play there you know he's he's grown his defensive game a little bit uh, with torts uh he's had to, he's had different responsibilities on the top line he's played okay um but i think at least from what i'm seeing is people think him playing on the second pair will allow him to be more offensive and um we'll see you know we'll see i, I don't think his game is as dynamic as Drysdale. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm just not, it's not, not. so I'm not, I'm I'm not, I mean, there's offense there. You know, he's, I think he's got five goals, nine assists this year, something like that. So he's occasionally throwing you a like really high count, like highlight real play. Yeah. It's happened at least once a year. I think of the shimmy shake last year. I think of that. Oh God, how to describe it. That goal he had this year. uh, It was really nice play. Um, But like on a whole, I definitely don't see top pair. He's still young, obviously, but um, Drysdale's younger. You know, that's nineteen and twenty twenty. Yeah. Yep. Um. Yeah. So all of a sudden they have two pairs. Um, That's funny because Gote doesn't have anything. (laughs) Two potentially fun pairs, you know. And let's see what happens with Sean Walker. Maybe he keeps up the good play. But then, but then Uh, you still got you still got Emil Andre. Which is really interesting. Whoa. Like, you have a Tard. Does a Tard see the light of day now? You got your boy, Hells Grans. I mean, I haven't heard a whole lot of, about him. Nah, he's but, hurt right now, too. Okay. Well, he's going to. I mean, look how stocked it is. If you go down the organizational sure. depth chart, guys like Sealer, Risto, and Walker, it's obviously Stahl. They need to go. Not. It doesn't have to happen overnight. It doesn't be all of them, you know, but. There's a lot of guys that we got to see. You're going to have uh, offensive defensemen on all three of your lines, your pairs. Like that's, I don't see that too often, but if Andre, who's, they love Andre in this, this organization, they really want to see more of him. They really earlier in the season gave him more time than he probably honestly deserved. And now you have Drysdale. Now you have York. So yeah, now, now my head's kind of spinning a little bit and I'm like, Oh, does does York have a future here? I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I we'll, wouldn't go there yet. I'm not going to get you. crazy. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, jeez. Uh, couple comments to do want to <laughs> get to here. Uh, Oakham confirming how good grounds does have a broken hand. He's out. Uh, Mayo mentioning bonk. Yep. A couple years away. We'll think we'll say there. You mentioned Adder Jack and, uh, I, I'm not sure about, added when they when you hear them mention young d these days he's kind of left out and he's 24 
You know, he's like the oldest of the young guys. And to be honest with you, I don't consider 24 that young anymore. He's older than Morgan Frost, Joel Farabee. He's older than some of these guys. I'm wondering if he's like the forgotten man a little bit, Adderd. Um, I, I think, I think, he's getting passed. He, a little bit, but a lot of it is a flat out log jam. But I think in when we're speaking of these defensemen, he was like the latest drafted. And I feel like that's part of the reason why you'll go to another defenseman over him. A lot of that was also play. Like, who had Zamula having a decent season this year? I didn't. Not me. Yeah. Not so, I mean, you you throw that in there. You know, you throw in the acquisition of Jamie Gisdale. They already have York. They really wanted to see uh, uh, Andre. They just drafted Bonk. I'm running out of fingers, Jim. You know, that that's what it is. And it's nothing Atar, Atar, Adder did. You know, it's just it's a situation you're in. That's why you got to. We said we talk about this with the forwards. Like you only have so many years to prove that you you're good and worth investing in, and then eventually an NHL player because they're just going to start keep bringing more guys in, and it's going to be harder and harder to stand out from the rest. And it, it might be unfortunate, Adder might be in a situation like that right now, unless they really start moving guys out quick because it's not like he can wait this year out when they draft more defensemen and go into next year. So this might be a numbers game at this point. I hope there's a I hope there's a way he finds some playing time and gets a chance. You would think with injuries, but I'm hoping that there's at least one. You asked me earlier, do you think the Flyers make a, a trade sooner rather than later because of all this in the logjam? I think I, I was like my gut said no. I think I just made a good reason as to why they should. Like I, I think they really need to consider that. I don't think it hurts any. I'm not saying move Walker, but move somebody on on defense. Move Sealer. I don't know. See, well, how about this? Let me uh, paint you a little picture here. Mm-hmm. You know how the Flyers just traded a forward for a defensive prospect. I mean, uh, the only reason Anaheim was okay doing that. I mean, well, they're loaded. Yeah, Mintikov, Zellweger. Is that how you say his name? Yeah, uh, yeah. They have a plethora of. Up, up and coming defensive prospects, and you know the, the. I don't know if the Flyers' defensive prospects are comparable to those couple of guys from Anaheim, but they are going to have a lot of defensive depth, and they can't play them all. So eventually, there's going to be a team out there that, when the Flyers grow these these kids or whoever to uh, enough to where they can get something for them, teams are going to come calling because defense is a premium. Oh yeah. Right. So uh I mean I don't know if that's gonna be anytime soon. I mean I'm but the option is there when the time is right. The Flyers are growing these this these uh this defensive core and uh they can't they can only play six at a time, you know. They you know put seven or eight on the roster. You can't play them all. So uh, I would assume eventually somebody made a comment in here the Flyers only have one high end uh forward prospect. Well, how do we get more? Well, you, you stockpile draft picks. All of a sudden, they have three first-round picks in the next two drafts. And I believe they have three second-round picks in the next two drafts. Uh, uh, part of it depends on Columbus. Okay. And they get lo- to choose whether their oh, second-round right. pick is this year or next year at the end of the first round, which is That's like right. ridiculous. But it's looking like it's going to be next year with how That's bad right. they are. So couple all those picks up with, you know, all the, the plethora of defensive prospects. And, you know, I don't want to talk 
Carter Hart trade, but the Flyers have a pretty decent pipeline of goalies. Like when the time is right to add forwards to this group, they have the ammunition all of a sudden. That's all. That's the that's the picture I'm going to paint. I don't know when that time is going to be, but things are certainly moving here pretty quick, aren't they, Jack? Like it's it's funny because like they they are doing the rebuild thing, but they're competitive, and you can see the roster shaping up sooner rather than later. I think. Jim, would you do that trade? Hard for Zegris. Yeah. Uh, I haven't watched enough of Trevor Z oh. to tell you the truth to, to, to give you Make an you honest feel better response about real quick. Oh yeah. I mean, this year has been a little slow, but like pre he's on the cover of fucking NHL, Jim. <laughs> he's got the jinx and he got hurt. <laughs> That's a Madden only, by the way. Oh, it's only a Madden jinx. Mm-hmm. Just, just because I, I haven't, I mean, I've seen the, uh, the Michigans and that would be fun to see him play, uh, play. For you know tools. who else does that? Jim Mishkov. Yes, he does. Dual Michigans. Mm. Mm. Congratulations, by the way. And they just win the, uh, the the NCAA, whatever. What's what bowl is that? The Sugar Rose Bowl, whatever. Pick your nose bowl. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, whatever the hell it is. Say Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck them. Uh, Flyers need a six-five center. Mm. Uh, what else do we got in here, boys and girls? Flyers need to either pick up. A young RFA with one C upside. Hart for Quentin Byfield. LA Dude, that no was goalies. discussed. That was discussed when we thought Hart was also going in that deal back in June or July. Whenever the hell that oh yeah, it had to be June. When those trades went down, when Provorov got traded and we thought Hart was traded too. That was the number one name I saw mentioned with uh LA. That would be pretty amazing. He's having a good year. Is he? I'm not sure if he's playing centers yet. He was the number two overall pick, I believe, in 2020. Same as a Drysdale draft. Could you imagine? I feel like he's. I think he's playing the wing. I I have to double check. Uh, I trust our our viewers and commenters here. If he if he's playing center, my apologies. I do have him on the dynasty team that we're in. Subtle. So, oh, did we lose Jim again? <laughs> oh, God. I hope he comes back. Um, I don't know where Jim was going with that with Byfield. Uh, yeah, that was a good good trade. Hart for Zegris. That is so interesting. And a lot of information. I know he's hurt. Came out that York, Zegris, and uh, Drysdale are all like real tight. So yeah, I saw saw some of those rumors. Uh, sorry, reading comments. Uh, that would be interesting if you're sold on trading hard. That's something I just I assumed he was gone when we first heard the Provorov trade. I had also heard Hart was traded too. So in my head, he was traded. And when he wasn't traded, it felt like he was going to then get traded. And it was just a matter of time. And that obviously never happened. And that quickly evolved into the uh rape charges and whatnot and whatever. Um, and then I thought he was, you know, either not playing or traded at whatever suspended after that. So I didn't really factor him into the flyers, but when I see Arison and the other guys they've drafted and that one goalie, that Russian goalie Coles law for whatnot, not Fedotenko, the other one whose trajectory it's very early, but it's still been the same, if not better than Shesterkin. And Sorokin 
And that's kind of cool to have in the pipeline too. It's like, well, I have all this goaltending depth and, and then you draft two more this year and not move on or move on because the goalies, they're going to be around for a while. And then on top of that heart is in line for a bit. Yes. Yeah, so the word again, he's done it to me twice tonight. So the words right out of my mouth. Heart is in line for a big extension soon. And are the flyers going to pay that with all the goaltending they just drafted? Are they going to hit heart with a, it's not going to make 10 million seven for seven deal. Something like that. Maybe even make $8 million. I don't know if he's worth that. Maybe he takes more years. I mean, that's a lot of money to make to a goalie that you already have a lot of depth at and then just drafted more depth. I understand you want to take the best player available. You want to hit certain groups, but that's a lot of depth to do nothing with, especially even if they assumed they were going to lose Hart either for nothing or he'd be suspended or whatever. Um even if they assumed that they were going to lose him, you have to factor in your current needs because they use assets to back up what they would have with Hart and up their goaltending uh, depth, organizational depth. Do you use those assets you would get, if particularly in a situation before Trisdale where you needed a number one D? Um, I don't know how else you do it. This Drysdale thing came, you cost you Gautier, and that's a whole different situation. So getting a potential high-end pick at D, it doesn't fall out of the sky, and they played too well this year. So put all the evidence together. You have tons. There, there, there he is, Alexi Kolosov. Yes. Now, I can't wait to see him with the Phantoms. See, I mean, just what I've heard, uh, to go along with everything else and Arison and whatnot. I mean, when you think about your options, what you need to add to this team, and some people think that this Gauthier trade was a step back in the rebuild process. Um, how do you make up for that? Well, the, this could be a way. It could be a way. They did not fact. It seems they did not factor him in to their future plans. So, if that's the case, could be free money. Could actually get something, or you got to commit. It's a big decision to make. It's a big tra- Oh man, Danny Brio does not have it easy early on between the Kevin Hay stuff, not today, last year, trading him, moving on from Fletcher, organizational changes, then the Gautier stuff. Now he's got a huge decision to make with Hart. He also traded Provorov. Not easy for a rookie GM. That was the other rumor we didn't talk about that Cutter, that little bastard. And I guess we'll end on this. A little asshole. One of the reasons quoted that he didn't want to play for the Flyers, I don't believe it at all, was coaching style, which we all kind of alluded to, but I really don't think that's it. And also a rookie GM. What fucking asshole 19-year-old gives a rat's ass about playing for a rookie GM? I've never heard that anywhere. Like He's some kind of guy who can pick where he wants to go because he knows how to build an NHL team. Idiotic. Stupid. No, I don't believe for one second. Um, so anyway, thanks for hanging out with us. I think Jim's computer's dead. I think he's done. So we're just going to end it here. Um, thanks for hanging out. Great questions. Fucking spitting chicklets. Still protect their boy to the end. Unbelievable. Don't get me started. Fuck Gautier. Fuck that little bastard. Good night, everybody. <laughs>